0: This is Don Doing Stuff, and welcome to the Roman Empire podcast. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Don. This is a podcast basically about art and travel, and I'm talking to people about their insights on art and travel. And my guest today, he is an artist, he's a dancer, he's a teacher. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jason Lucas.
1: <laughs> like air horns flex days, right? Or like, you like, Mike Jones, who? Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, I mean, primarily, uh, I function as a dancer and dance teacher nowadays. Um, and I split that time with uh, teaching Krav Maga, which is an Israeli uh Halfway. Sorry, a military, yeah, self-defense system uh, used by the Israeli army. Yeah, uh, And that's where most of my time is spent nowadays. But, you know, like I used to work 9 to 5 like most other people. Um, and I got to a point of where I was very unhappy. Um, you know, it was just kind of sucking the life out of me. And I was just like, I didn't have the energy or the time to be able to do all the things that I loved. And I got to the point where I was really unhappy. And I was speaking to my boss and said, you know what? I need to go chase this dream. And he was super supportive because he's a musician himself. Yeah. Um, I always asked, I was questioning him back, and I was like, how come you didn't ever chase that? And he's like, you know what, I'm kind of happy where I am. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But if you're not happy, don't stay there. It's a simple that. We have a choice to go to work every day. Yeah. But what you do is ultimately what it becomes. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah, that's me in a nutshell, if you want to put it at that. If you want to put labels, as people like to do nowadays, like, oh, you're a house dancer, or you're this, or you're that. Screw labels is all I'm going to (laughs) say.
0: Yeah, you and I both met while we were doing Krav Maga. Mm. And I noticed that you and I also did capoeira.
1: Yes. I don't know how we worked that out somehow, but we worked that out. You were wearing a capoeira shirt. I don't know if I, because I
0: only did it for about two years. I don't know how long you did.
1: Uh, five off the top of my head, I can't really remember. That was a long time ago. Yeah, about five years, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was eight but years. that was a
1: whole, that was a whole different life. Like I don't even know who that person was back then. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I, I remember we were sparring in Krav. and then uh, we like we would we would try to throw in the quick couple of moves in between <laughs> sparring.
1: It's true. It's true, yeah, but then I remembered that, uh, I think I saw your name on your bag, and it's like, Valix, and I'm like, why do I know that name, and then it came back around, and I was like, well, you're the dude that sings, because it was a gig that we were both singing at, and you were, I think, are a headliner, or one of the other acts, and I always kept saying your name everywhere, and I was like, yeah. okay, and I was like, there can't be that many of that guy with that surname, so I'm like, are you the dude that sings, he's like, yeah, so <laughs> small world. So connected in more ways than one.
0: Yeah. You you were talking about like labels and stuff. Uh, mm. The yeah people used to always see me as the dude that sings. I remember right. growing up and thinking because I've I been singing since I was young, and I was done the singer, I was done the boxer, or I was done the whatever. Or some oh I was always pigeonholed into something, and mm. um. Effectively, you're a teacher and you're a, a, mm. an artist because you create art and also mm. by uh, word definition, a martial artist. Mm. Uh, I, at the same token, I don't want to pigeonhole people as well.
1: Well, I mean, technically, we're all chefs, right? We cook every day. Generally, you know, we generally have to eat. <laughs> yeah. But we it, it depends on what society sees us as. What are we portraying and putting ourselves out there as? Like... Mm. If I'm always putting out uh, dance videos uh, on my account on my social media, people go, "Oh, he only does that style of dance." But it's just like people only go with what they know, you know, publicly. Yeah. But who's to know that I'm not studying salsa in the back or I'm uh, becoming a chef in the back, right? No one really knows what goes behind closed doors. Yeah. Um. But I think it's really important to stay open-minded, not even from uh, talking to someone, but being the person themselves. So like we're always constantly growing and evolving. So technically, we could be whatever the hell we want. It's just up to us to put that out there into the universe and just allow for that to come to fruition. So I think I, I think it's just a little bit hard to, to to box ourselves in and not tell people, "Go, oh, but I'm also this and I'm also that," because we could be endless amount of things, and it's just basically coming back to uh just showing little bits and pieces of your life to people and let them make their own judgment and just yeah. keep them guessing
0: yeah it, it you you could be anything really and you could be a multitude of things um but mm. it's not necessarily that i am this i am this i am one i am this one thing mm. this one thing doesn't define me and i wanted to talk about the parallel of the the things that you do that they do have a uh a bit of a parallel, because we we, okay. we we talked about doing capoeira, right? Capoeira yeah. is both a dance and a martial art, right? Uh, from from memory, it was it started off to look like a dance because it was to hide uh, the slaves. The slaves learned capoeira so that they could hide the fact that they were learning martial arts.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there a parallel between I could say yes as a really broad answer, but uh, it's up to the the person themselves to really connect those parallels, you know what I mean? Like, if it's easy to see that, you know, dance and and martial arts can be melded into capoeira or see that there is relationships to both, um, it might be a little bit of a longer stretch to go from martial arts to cooking, you know. But, uh, look, someone else with a different life experience might be able to go, oh, but this is exactly the same as that but everyone's different, you know? Um, so I probably wouldn't be able to be the person to connect that, but, like, you could say, like, I've got one one of my friends, uh, Popping Jack, He uh, he's a popper, uh, if you want to put a label on him, uh, but he also does other martial arts as well, and he takes some of those movements and melts them together, but is he actually doing a dance fight? Nope, he's just taking one of the aspects of the martial art into his dance, so he can start playing those movements, and that then takes an art, another art form into another art form and becomes a separate art form, you know? So that could become something else. I like the idea of wanting to connect things. Uh, so mm. For me, uh,
0: like, Capoeira was a little difficult because prior to that I was doing boxing, and trying mm. to connect the two was a little difficult, but when I got into Krav Maga, I was a little more comfortable having done mm. boxing and Capoeira because both of the movements involved in boxing and capoeira, uh, mm. you know, you, you use those in crab. I guess crab is more mm. uh, adaptable that way because you use what tools you have for mm. the mushroom.
1: I think having the body awareness uh, in general is really going to help the uptake of any sort of uh, muscle you know, or coordination. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking at capoeira, you, I mean, you're gonna ha- need to have the flexibility from your legs for all the kicks. Uh, you will need to have the rhythm be able to play, in, you know, stay in jinga and to stay in time with the music, yeah. uh, which can then help with the way and the speed and timings of the way you strike in krav, even in boxing.
0: Yeah.
1: And then obviously, you got your hand-eye coordination in boxing, your footwork, um, all of that. It's 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 relatable, but different flavors, as we were saying before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, I'm, at the moment, I'm trying to think. Like, can can I connect cooking to boxing? Can I connect cooking to to uh, to
1: dance, for instance? You know, it's it's probably going to happen after we get off the podcast. He's like, oh, I should have just said this. This is exactly the same as that. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you look at your okay, if you want to talk about cooking, it's not really cooking. But you know, you bread and butter. What is your bread and butter of boxing? You know, mm. like I mean, that's at a really high level, but. Uh, you know, like I said about the recipe, you know, your your bobbing and weaving could be one condiment, your 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 jabs and crosses could be your bread and butter, but it could be, you know, you might have bread, butter and peanut butter, you know, yeah. bread, uh, bread butter, peanut butter and honey, you know, so all your combos could be all of that, you know, but it just depends on how deep you want to dive into that whole analogy.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, so this podcast is about art and travel. And I know that we've been talking about uh, art and martial art. But uh, one of the overarching questions that I want to ask was, does art inspire you to travel or does travel inspire you to create art? Uh,
1: I think they're intertwined. Uh, If you look at, uh, I mean, especially being in the the society that we're in with uh, technology and YouTube. So when YouTube first came out in like, Uh, like 2000 early 2000s like 2003 before that we didn't really know what the rest of the world was doing and and this is from a dance perspective like to be able to get that information you had to go there yourself and see with your own eyes or you if you were lucky there were some DVDs that were produced back then that were being sold on some certain websites for like a premium because you'd have to pay for the DVD and then all the shipping yeah Uh, so back then it was harder. So yeah, you'd probably be like, oh, I want to see what these guys are doing in this country or this city, and you would head over there. Um, so I mean, when I guess my first trip as an adult uh, by myself overseas was 2008, mm-hmm. uh, 2007, 2008, and I was to Japan. Prior to that, it was all like family trips and stuff like that. So it wasn't really like I was going out on my own. Um, but is there, in, is, is there a dance scene in Japan? There's a massive jet dance dancing in Japan. Like, if you're looking at... Uh, you can imagine the population of Japan. Uh, Japanese people are great at absorbing culture and being the uh, the gatekeepers of that culture. So you'll find a lot of Japanese people will go overseas to learn something, right? They'll bring it back to Japan and then they'll develop it and innovate it. Oh. Uh, so uh, a recent example is... I know that there's a girl... Who we went to Chicago on her Hollywood recently, and she was learning a style called Chicago footwork, and she was staying with a couple of dancers there, um, and to really absorb that culture. And then she's gonna go back, and then she's gonna develop that even further, you know. So, yeah. but this isn't this is not unheard of. This is a lot of people like going like to LA, like a lot of uh, dancers that like popping will go to LA, or if they like house, they'll go to New York, depending on where uh, the culture started or where it was uh, really. Brought up, they will go to that and they'll bring it back. So you will find everything in Japan in terms of sub uh, subcultures, yep. whether it's hip hop dance, whether it's swing, whether it's uh, geez, uh, other types of dance, Yeah. other types of dance. Yeah. But you know, not even just dance. Like if people want to learn God, they'll go to Israel, right, and they'll come back. And the great thing about Japan is their geog- geographical location. They're so you know easy to, f- to fly around to different places, mm. and it's very common for uh people to c- go around and come back and when i was living there people people's like oh yeah i'm going to you know i'm going to amsterdam next week i'm going to to israel next week and i'm like just like that just like that and it's just like you wouldn't hear people going to these countries normally in australia like you know it'd be always like i'll go to america we're going to europe we're going to south america for a holiday but these are people going to study Uh, whatever they're into, and a lot of these people would uh, only have a few days, you know, unless they're going on a working holiday visa, because, you know, Japanese lifestyle is very hectic. They only have, like, limited annual leave, and to ask for that annual leave is really hard, you know, because they always have to be working. Um, But, yeah, to come back to the question, uh, what you would have done back then is you would have gone to see what was happening over there, on the flip side, now uh, seeing that experience of being over there, you're seeing what other people are doing in, in, in other countries, and like, man, I need to level my game up, or I want to now develop myself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who, who go to Japan, I'm not saying other countries are any less, but you get a work ethic over there because people are always constantly working and supporting one another, and you're just building, 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 and it's just a nonstop flow. And you'll see people who will train, every day for hours on end no matter the weather they'll either hire a a studio all night from midnight to Mm 5am they'll go to work the next day straight after that or you know they may be training outside in fall or winter you know and it's cold or it's snowing um but that doesn't stop people you know it's how bad do you want it you know uh yeah yeah, so the answer but they're intertwined yeah the the,
0: living in japan uh, influenced your art. Uh, did you did you go to Japan for dance? Was that just?
1: Uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I think I've been there like five times now, and <laughs> I think that each each premise was primarily for dance. Yep. Um, so the first few times was holidays, uh, like, you know, two to five week stints, and it was just pretty much going to the studios and just taking as many classes as I could. Wow. Uh, trying to absorb everything that you can, and you, know, you would spend money um, just to take the lessons, but your body would take a physical toll because lessons there are like 90 minutes each, and you're taking two or three in a row, um, yeah. when you're young it's fine, Like you know, the body doesn't really feel it. Uh, I still have this memory of one day where I took three or four classes in a row, so I was literally six hours. But it's not six hours of fluffing about, it's six hours of dancing, so yeah. by the end of it, you're like kind of like hobbling in the hips and you're like, oh, i have to walk tomorrow, you know, but it's you know it's a finite time that you're there, so you make the most of it. Uh,
0: that's such an amazing
1: work ethic, that's such an amazing, like, I, I don't think I've ever done anything
0: like that where I've just traveled somewhere just to try to, oh no, I like, I went to Seoul to try to make connections. Uh, with Mm. with producers over there. Mm. Less strenuous because uh, I wasn't, you know, learning movements and things like that. But
1: But it's still, it's a mental test, right? You have to be able to connect with people, you have to find people. Um, You know, like some people might just go to a country to make, to see an experience, you know. Uh, But I often throw this analogy out there and say, are you really getting the same experience if you're just going for a holiday versus living there mm-hmm. it's like the equivalent of going to the zoo and sitting outside watching animals versus living inside with them you know what i mean yeah. like you're not really seeing or feeling what's going on until you're actually inside with everyone else yeah so uh yeah so the work ethic was there and then even when i went back uh to live there uh, a few oh, wow 5 years ago um you just Build connections and you start working with people and you start practicing more and it's just yeah your art develops or should develop over time if you're being mindful about your practice yeah so you, yeah. you're talking about
0: development in a technical sense right uh hmm. but in terms of uh, i don't know what it is with dance are you does this the travel help you innovate what you do or innovate your art
1: i think you get exposed to a lot of different people different mindsets yeah. Uh, if if we're talking about not just the technical aspect, uh, I was working for an English uh, school and the amount of people that I worked with, there were expats from all over the world and it was just really refreshing to see the different takes from different cultures be so positive and supportive to one another. And I thought, you know, that's really different uh, compared to maybe who I was hanging around before and it was just like really refreshing and it's just... Really changed my outlook on life. So, from a perspective of non-technical a, uh, aspect, you start looking at uh, positivity. You mm-hmm. know, being surrounded by positivity more, and that really pushes you to go. Well, you know, there's support here, there's positivity here. What is stopping me from developing my art further? Of course, you could be sitting there and you know, get all the technical uh, learning and whatnot, and just practice, practice, practice. But if you don't have that support, which I think is quite often missed in society today um it, It's hard. It feels harder to do things, and mm-hmm. when we get to that point of frustration, we're like, "I'm not." Maybe I'm getting somewhere, but I'm not getting recognition for it. It becomes really blinding, and you're just like, "Hey, look at me! I've done this on Instagram." Hey, look at me! I've done this, and everyone's trying to demand for that time and attention, but no one's supporting. It. It's just like, "Oh, yep, yeah, click, click, yeah, like, click, click, click." Yeah. You know, so we're, a lot of people are overlooked. But I think you just gotta keep going no matter what. You know, no matter if there's only support. And I think the only thing you have to remember is the only person that really supports you is yourself. Yep. Anything else is like a bonus. Uh, one of the books I read, I can't remember who it was. I think it was the Code of the Extraordinary Mind. One of the books. Got it on, on my shelf. But they talk about how like don't worry about praise from other people. Because it's just it's fleeting. Like it shouldn't yep. matter. That validation is not necessary. As long as you are happy with your own progress, that's all that matters. Yeah. Whether the, the validation is positive or maybe it's criticism, fuck it. Who cares?
0: Yeah. you're. It, what matters is that you continue to grow and you continue to build yourself up. Yeah. yeah. I, I like... So, uh, yeah. So you and I were talking earlier, like prior to this, about instant gratification and I guess the um, the advantage of something, have, something being limited. You were, you were talking about, uh, in Australia, they had a phone plan, prepaid phone, phone plan where you could, even if you had 50 cents in your account, you could make a phone call for 20 minutes. And mm. what we used to do as kids was we would um, call for 20 minutes and then hang up at, you know, call and then hang up at 19 minutes, 59 seconds so that we could call mm. again and we would talk for hours. Um, so we we, yeah, we were talking about that. Do you think as artists we should try to, uh, and also bringing it back to, you know, the the Japanese people that that travel overseas and have a few days to do, you know, five classes or something, then just Mm. do back-to-back classes. Mm. Is that something that as artists or as creatives that we need to do? We need to limit ourselves or we need to kind of um, give ourselves room to to grow. I know that's a really broad question, but yeah, I, I'm wondering. Hopefully, you understand what I'm trying to get
1: at. Tony Robbins says it best: "Grow or die." Uh, I mean, maybe he didn't come up with that phrase, but he's used that phrase for "grow or die." Right. And to be honest, I think we should constantly be learning. Uh, for anyone that knows me, I read a lot. Uh, I think. Prior to maybe the last couple of years, I never used to read, read books. Simply for the fact that I would never stick with it. But something just happened, and I started reading more and more books, and it just became this trend, uh, this habit of just consuming books um, or e books or whatever. But the amount of uh, success that is left in all these books, clues of success, I should say, that is left in these books, uh, really shows you enlightenment towards different topics. And when we talk about uh, learning, like Elon Musk, I think, didn't know anything about a certain topic and he wasn't uh, professionally qualified. He only learned that whatever he did through reading books. And Mm -hmm. I was blown away by that. And I thought, you know what? What's to stop me from learning quantum physics, right? I'm not saying I know it, but I'm just saying, what does this stop me? There's enough information... Out there, we are in the information era. There is YouTube videos, so even if books aren't your medium of consumption, watch a video. If you prefer ebooks, listen to ebooks. But there's always ways to learn things uh, while we're doing something else. Yeah. Um, Look, maybe you don't need to consume and remember every word, but there's going to be gems in there for each topic that you read, and you might need a second or third listen maybe down the track because only when you're ready is when you will actually receive that lesson that you need to absorb. Yeah. So
0: there is a book that I read. Uh, it's quite a short book called uh, uh, A Real Artist Steals, I think is the uh, paraphrased title. Um, okay. And... The, the idea that he talks about is, in order to create, we have to we, we take from you know the, our events in our life. We take from things that we listen to. Yeah. We take from influences. Um yeah. and in the book, I, I, I need to remember that I'll probably link it or something. But in the book, he says, uh, ingest everything that you want to create. Ingest you know if you want to be a painter, then surround yourself with paintings. You burn as much as you can. Yeah. Ingest it and leave it for X amount of time, and then when you're ready, go create because you'll create. Like we will create firstly based on copying or mimicking, and then mm-hmm. eventually it'll turn into your 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 art. It'll turn into an evolved version of you. It will be mm. your interpretation of whatever that art. Is.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking at, you know, you might be copying from one particular artist that you like, and, and you know it's going to be a straight copy. But the moment you start taking other influences and swirling it all together on the palette, it's going to come out something different. And I remember someone telling me that uh, our artistry is the combination of our top three influences. So, mm. you know, you might recognize that, oh, this dancer does this particular style, and this one does this one. And you just throw it all together, and it may take years for it to actually come out. Or the styles, not necessarily the moves, but the styles that once they merge together, he was like, people like, watching, like, that's fresh. I haven't seen that before, right? Yeah. But then you say, oh, but he's done, he or she has done this and this and this. And it's just like, well, that makes sense. The way that they move kind of puts that all together in a really fluid motion, or however they want to dance it, you know? So, yeah. but that comes down to learning, it comes down to, to practice and productivity. Um, I think another good book is that. Uh, the Art of War. No, the War of Art. No. So Art of War is Sun Tzu, but the flip on that by Stephen Pressfield is the War of Art. Okay. And the biggest topic on that in that book is resistance, right? So they often said he often said in the book that the muse is always there to help us, but we just have to get out there and do it. We have to show up every day. But what we fight on a consistent basis is resistance. And that's one of the biggest things that an artist will face. It's like, I gotta get up. But I don't want to work on my art today, and it's just like that starts getting into our head. Right. And if we allow that to take, you know, residence inside there, it, it becomes a big problem. It's like laziness. It's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna have today off. You know, we all do need rest from time to time, but if you make that rest too long of a period, it becomes a habit. And guess what? You become lazy, and it leads to other things. It can lead to depression. Mm-hmm. It can lead to really, uh, you know, bad uh, addictive habits. You're like, oh, I'm just gonna play video games all day, or I'm just gonna. Uh, you know, go to the park and just lounge about. Yeah. You know, when you should be putting in that work to develop your art. You know, yeah. so know when the rest is earned, and you know, take it, but don't overindulge.
0: I think one of the things that I was told was, um, be careful with whatever you set your heart on, because you'll get it. So if you set your heart on, oh, I'm too tired, I'm too lazy to do this particular thing, then mm. you'll be lazy and you won't be able to do the things that you want to do. Mm. But if you set on, mm. I want to achieve this, or I want to create this, That if you set your mind to that, if you set your heart to then that's what you'll effectively move toward. Yep.
1: We, thoughts become things. I, I believe it's what it is, so yeah. yeah. Thoughts
0: become actions. Actions become, I'll uh, oh, Google with quotes and stuff for today.
1: <laughs> it was, yeah, that was, that's the only way it went, the, the, the refined version. I know there's a longer version, but uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, so with the dance, with, with dance, there is I know that there's a community in Sydney, um, mm-hmm. or I guess community in Australia with dance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is it necessary for you to connect? Or are you able to create? if you connect with people, or or can you just create, or can you just dance by yourself? I mean, you have videos online of you dancing, uh, and I think it's you teaching a class. But Mm. there are other videos where you're just by yourself, and you're just kind of vibing out, or freestyling, things like that. Mm. And what works Mm. best for you when creating, or when doing dance? Do you have to be with other people, or
1: do you have to be by yourself? Uh, I think having both is super important, and when we talk about being around other people, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a classroom. It could be at a party. It could be at a club. Uh, as long as you're sharing the vibes, um, I think it's super important. Uh, I think my boy Chuck said something recently which really stuck out, and he was like, you know, musicians play better when they're around other musicians, right? Because you hear something, and you're like, oh, I want to play that. Or, you know, you might think of an idea together that you never wouldn't have thought by yourself. Similarly with dance uh, or you know, other artistry that comes through. So uh, you could be dancing by yourself and ain't nothing wrong with that because if you just wanted to practice something specific why do you need to practice with someone else? Like maybe they want to do their own thing. Perfectly fine to be separate Yeah. but think about what comes together, what happens when you put two different styles or two different flavors or people with the same mindset. Uh, As silly as it sounds with the whole, you know, Infinity War and stuff like that, think about before the Avengers came together, right? They were all the individual people, right? (laughs) But you put them together and become something bigger, right? I I was so hoping. I didn't say because everyone's flipping on that Infinity War at the moment. I was so so hoping that you weren't going to spoil anything, but I have not seen it yet. No, no. no, I haven't seen Uh, it. it Just, if you haven't seen it, go and see it. That's what (laughs) I'm going to say. Disney's paying him. Unconfirmed. <laughs> unconfirmed.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, is it important for people to be at the same level of like technicality when it comes to dance? Because musicians, no. right? Because because musicians, uh, if if one person, I guess the band is only as good as you know, the the least the like, least best player there. Like they have yeah, to. The weakest link. Yeah, the yeah. weakest link, right? If you if you're jamming with someone and they don't know. You know a particular chord, for instance. I'll play this chord. Then it kind of stifles the creativity. Is that is that the same with dance? Does dance need the same level of technicality when creating?
1: Yes and no. Uh, but we have this notion where it's each one teach one, right? So you might be specifically gifted in one area, hmm. maybe a little bit weaker in the other, and you might meet someone who's the opposite but does that mean that anyone's lesser than each other? Nope, everyone's equal, right? And I think we often try to measure ourselves against each other's ranks or level of experience, but if I think you, if you have an open mind and being willing to take on whatever you can learn, you'll grow, both of you will grow, because then they're learning by giving you something and teaching you something and you're learning something that they're giving you and vice versa. I think as, as long as you keep that, No, you don't have to have the same level of technicality. But to say, to answer the yes part of that, if you guys are coming up with a product or a showcase, um, it can be a little bit hard. And this is why there are auditions because there's quality control, right? Now, if there's someone who's trying to get into Cirque du Soleil and they've got like maybe one month, excuse me, one month dance experience, it's a bit hard, you know. There's there's a standard, you know. And I'm not saying that people um, should be dropping standards, but it just comes on the context. You yeah. could be in the club vibing out with each other. You might have someone go, hey, show me that move. What's wrong with sharing? Nothing wrong with that. Each one, teach one. But if you're now trying to create a product or a showcase, bring yourself up to that level. You know, Practice hard yeah. because you're not going to get recognition for being carried by another person. You're going to get recognition from putting the work that you put in. Yeah,
0: right. That's true.
1: Um, With, with the whole connectivity
0: uh, topic that we were talking about, because um, you've been teaching dance longer than you've been teaching Krav Maga, right? Mm. Um, has anything spilled over into your, the way that you teach or the way that you approach lessons with Krav Maga from what you've learned from, through dance or through teaching dance?
1: Um. So completely, to be completely honest, the the Kramaga teaching methodology is part of the the whole organisation and, and system, uh, and it's kind of like intellectual property. Oh, so right, right. We have a set structure uh, of teaching things, yeah. um, and this is to maintain consistency and quali- quality. However, um, there are elements of you know the way that I particularly will stretch the class, um, which may be a little bit different to other people, but hmm. basically, yeah, sharing similar things about. You know, we don't have to do a lot of static stretching. I do a lot of dynamic stretching in my dance classes um, because, you know, static stretching you can do at home. You guys didn't pay to come and stretch, right? You guys paid to to, to, to do a dance class. Um, So, yeah. Uh, But to be honest, after the – what I got from the crab lessons is – the way that things are taught is done in such a way that it's easy to pick up, mm. and that's often how I approach it in dance. It's like if you've never done this move before, I can give you an analogy: and go well, you've done that, so it's exactly the same, yep. and the absorption rate is much faster, and that really helps people go, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I, I can, I've kicked a ball before. I know how to kick my leg." Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, similar.
0: So it's yeah. like so, so it's it's kind of like you uh, connect it, but you give them an analogy to connect. The, the movement. Yeah. So, so, Yeah. would you do that in, you do that in dance as well? I mean, did, how, yeah, are you able to give yes. me an example in dance? I
1: mean. Uh, so, for example, like, like I just said about kicking a ball, right? Everyone's generally kicked a ball or kick something before, right. out of maybe out of frustration. Right. So, to say, just kick your leg in the same way, uh, in this particular direction, and just do that while jumping. That's just an example, right? Yeah. Without actually demonstrating it. But, uh, you know how many people have kicked the ball before? Uh, you probably find that most most people have kicked the ball or kicked they've stubbed their toe against the table or something like that right. like it's still kind of like as walking right um, everyone can kind of bounce on their toes right everyone can jump right So if you just go just bounce on your toes exactly the same thing just a refined version. Um, yeah. everyone uh, can switch their legs back and forth right like jumping on the spot. Right? So if you can do that, there's a lot of things that are built off that and you just keep going for nice them. yeah nice. Um, now when
0: I guess we talked a lot about France and, and a little bit about travel. You, you went to Japan about five years ago. Was that the last trip that
1: you that you did? Uh, so the la- sorry when I was living there was five years ago. Hmm. I came back at the end of 2014 <laughs> and I think I went back for one more trip there 2016 so that was probably my last trip to Japan and then after that same year I went back to Canada um, and also to visit New York. Ah
0: now was that for was was, was going to Canada and New York for dance as well.
1: Uh, New York, yes. So actually, the original plan was to go back to Canada to to scope out living there again. Uh, And I was meant to go to San... I was meant to go west coast. Uh, But some things fell through uh, and basically just changed the plan and said, well, okay, if we're not going to west coast, let's go to New York. It's like the equivalent of going uh, from Sydney to Melbourne. It's like an hour and a half flight, and the cost was like like 100, 100, 150 bucks. Cheap, And actually, yeah. the flight the flight was actually, when I counted it, I looked at my time, my watch, and I was like, that flight was only 45 minutes. I'm like, that was fast. So, you know, uh, yeah, New York was great. I uh, was there for one week. Yeah. Um, that was there for dance. And I was just lucky that the timing that I was there, that was a lot of stuff going on, plus all the clubs. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you do classes while you were in New York? Yeah, yeah. So there's a big studio there called EXPG, right. uh, which is where all majority of the OGs teach at, um, and uh, they had a special uh, event during that week where there was a lot of visiting guests doing a lot of workshops. So that yep. was really great time. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that New York was known for.
0: Like New York is known for is isn't
1: it? Yeah, New York was you know prime what. Well, I, I don't know if you'd still consider it the mecca but you know early 2000s everyone was there like working hard to be noticed by you know artists at that time um, to be in video clips ah. um, you know like there was stuff like Broadway dance Center um you know it was it was the place you go to to be noticed or be the place like to level up your game
0: yeah yeah so that was your most recent trip um, mm. do you feel like and I mean there's there's that thing about the travel bug. You feel like that uh, that you need to travel in order for you to like for dancing. Will 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 it come? Will there be a time where you will need to like? Okay, I need to go to New York again. Or I need to go to Japan again. Or I need to go to this particular country to to feel recharged or, or be re-nourished in there.
1: Yeah, but I don't think we should rely on that indulgence. Like we shouldn't be like, oh, I feel flat, I, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere, I need to go somewhere else. Hmm. I think you should go when you're ready. Um, go there with a purpose. You know, like If I'm going there to seek out a particular teacher or I want to go and experience something specific or I want to enter a battle over there, then right. go for it. But I think just going on the notion of I want to learn under this person uh, and not be mindful about it, it's a different experience. Yeah. Um, so
0: it's, it's less about I want to go overseas. And see what happens. I, I want to go, or go to a particular place, learn from a particular person. Mm.
1: Yeah. Some some people are like that. Some people are like I'm going to move there. I'm going to get a job as a waiter or waitress. I'm going to hustle at night. I'm going to go to the clubs at night. Mm. Um. You know. I'm going to live in New York. You know. And that's perfectly fine. Um. But I just think if if you're just going back and forth, especially from a country like Australia, it's expensive, right? Oh yeah. So. Think about what is your goal, like, if you're... I guess a lot of the more established dancers are constantly flying around to make their name, you know. They're doing workshop to workshop to workshop. So they're kind of working, you know what I mean, uh, to get around. So don't necessarily say to go... You know, maybe there might be some special event that you want to go and check out and go, okay, I want to enter this battle, you know, yeah. it's a once-a-year thing. Yeah. Uh, so, like, at the moment, there's uh, Summer Dance Forever in Amsterdam... To step your game up in New York, and the list goes on. Like there's uh, events in Japan, but uh, go there with a purpose. you yeah. know, And don't be like, oh, I'm just going there because I want to go there. Go there because you, I want to, I want to win, or I want to take this person's workshop. Whatever yes. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to have
0: a, a goal. Or it's important to have a place that you're going to, or a, a vision, basically. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Don't be yeah, don't be mindless about things. So I think you you tend to to waste time and resources that way. It's just like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go hang around in Japan and, and I might take some I might take some classes. Man, you should be organized, you should be know where the studio is, what classes are on, who's teaching it, yeah. where you're gonna go after that, um, how you're gonna retain that information, are you gonna video it? Are you gonna uh you know, take notes? Uh it's easy to take notes and then look back at it three months later and be like, I don't know what this means anymore. Right. Videotape that stuff, you know, like whether you can take the video in class or you video yourself trying to do it afterwards, at least you have a retention that way. You're like, oh, that helps me remember what I was doing. Let's try to do it now. Maybe three months later, you have a different take on it. Maybe you've got mixed in with some other flavor. Like, I want to change that move that I was doing there into something else, you know? Yeah. And that just comes through repetition. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, thanks again for coming on and talking about your art and talking about all the stuff that you do, uh, mm. do you want to plug your, yeah, obviously, you, plug your dance classes, man, plug your craft classes, or do you want to talk about any particular uh, projects that you that,
1: that are upcoming here? you? Geez, uh, there's a couple of showcases coming up uh, this month for a studio called Crossover in Sydney, mm. um, but basically, if you want to follow me on social media, uh, Instagram is jc.me, j-a-s-c-y.me, or my Krav account is J-A-S-E-Y dot Krav Yeah. Sweet.
0: Um, yeah, man. Thanks again for coming on to the podcast and talking to us. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'll catch you soon. All right. Cheers, mate.